Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. Good morning. Dylan here for another More Than More podcast. I have a very lively group of ladies with me this morning. I'll get, why don't you guys go ahead and say hi. Hey. Hello. Hey. Do you want to say who you are, perhaps? Sure, I'll go. I'm Megan Mitchum. Uh, we usually have to go around to say how long we've been here. So I've been here 17 years. You're just 17, jumping the gun. This is I great. Am 17 plus years here in the house. A veteran. Uh, I, I'll kick off by saying there may or may not be mimosas on the table before we keep going here. Oh, I've, you're not telling him about the shot we took before? I, that's not true. You said you would behave. Um, I was also schooled this morning <clears throat> that a mimosa, when ladies say they want a mimosa, apparently it means what? No juice. <laughs> just just Prosecco or champagne. It's very wasteful to yeah. buy the juice. Yeah. Too many calories. So guys call that having a glass of champagne, but that's confusing, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, so far we've got Megan Mitchum, 17 years. This is Gina Swanson, and I have been with Century 21 for eight years. And Jennifer <laughs> Clark, and I'm going on 23-ish years. You're the real vet veteran You're in the You're the real vet. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, first of all, for making the drive. I know you're all super busy human beings. I feel like the mimosa is payment. It was, it was a, like a precondition to you coming. Mm-hmm. I've offered it several times. I've, I've dropped the bowl every time. So. Well, and usually if you offer it, people don't partake, but you'll not find that with this group. This didn't <laughs> yeah. seem like a problem for this yes. group. Not going to lie. I came in here not sure. If there would be oh, champagne what? on the table. I took your word. So <coughs> I, I knew you'd follow through. I stepped up this time. I, I passed the, 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 the buck to our admin team who who followed through. So. Thank you, ladies. Mm-hmm. So we are, hopefully, I think we're going to have a lot of fun here this morning. I knew you guys would bring a lot of energy. Our topic is, what do we call it? First, we said first year lessons from the pros. So let's start with the fact that makes you the pros. Which is crazy. Uh, that feels weird to you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm sitting next to people who have been in the business a lot longer than me, so. But I think when I look at other agents in the market and I think, oh, how long have they been? And that's that's me. I'm like, whoa, that's yeah. a long time. Like, this has been a career. <clears throat> Legit. Yeah. yeah, Norm Lucan just retired. 22 years in the business. Like, Jen's outworked him. Tech in, in this career. In real estate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you're the pros. And I think our goal here is to, I'm just thinking about our audience. So we have a lot of new agents joining this company right now. And I think they're the principal people I'm thinking about in terms of who we're talking to. But I've got a feeling that anyone, no matter where they're at, would gain a lot from this conversation. So I'm trying to think about how we can help first your agents. uh, uh, Have you guys ever heard the phrase, choose yourself a Cato? Choose your suffering? Uh, close. That's a really good saying too. I have that one written Thank you down. Too, um, no, this is choose yourself a Cato. C A T O. Cato was um, Cato was a first century kind of philosopher. He was right. He was around Ju- Julius Caesar. So you guys know Julius Caesar, and he go was way back. He fought with Julius Caesar. So when Julius Caesar was working to turn the Republic into a whatever uh, autocracy, uh, Cato was fighting him. And so the, the phrase actually comes from Seneca. Seneca. Seneca says, choose yourself a Cato. The idea is to find yourself someone that you can look towards as your picture, as your uh, ex- example. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's that's what I'm thinking about here. Uh, uh, the rest of the phrase, uh, like, learn from the greats who have gone before you, because why suffer greatly? Like what? Um, I'm gonna get the phrase later. I'm gonna try to remember it. Okay, so I. I think the best thing we can do here, Megan's going to say something. Well, I was just going to say, I think first and foremost, having these podcasts in general or podcasts as a whole available to people all the time is amazing. Like I think back if I had this information so readily available at any time 17 years ago, how amazing. So I think people are really lucky to have it. it. Mm -hmm. I think you're dead right. Uh, it makes me wonder, though, what did people say when you were new that you had access to that, like, Cheryl Eddy or Norm didn't? Oh, like the MLS, <coughs> right? Because then it was like a book before that or something. Yeah. Like pages. Yeah. Or dot Which you were around for. Uh, no. Nope. You weren't around for the MLS book? Mm-mm. What year did you start? 99. That's like four years before me. So there was, I, in my mind, there was horses, carriages, <laughs> Delivering the MLS sheets <laughs> to the office every Friday. Yeah. Um, MLS existed. So, hey, do this before we uh, before we jump into looking backwards, because I want to reminisce a little bit about your first years, what it was like, how it worked, and then maybe derive some lessons from that. But today, just 30 seconds tops, how would you just describe where your business is today? So you're 17 years in, Megan. How's your business today? Uh, my business is great. I feel like... I am at a place where I can realistically rely on repeat business that just comes in. Um, There's a certain level of business that will, even if I'm slow, just kind of come, but I hate to be really reliant on that. So I'm always going to be doing the proactive things. Um, Because if you have a moment of slow, you get psycho, right? I do, but I'm getting better about that. Good. So I feel like even this summer, I kind of feel like, I've enjoyed the slow, um, maybe a little bit too much, but that's my kind of internal mechanism to say, okay, get back into it. Steady. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like more balanced. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you feel like you're more in control and you're okay with the ebbs and flows. Yes. Because the ebbs and flows, the the troughs for you are still pretty high. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I don't like to say that out loud. Because it, it psychologically... <laughs> I might jinx myself. Yes, yeah. you never want to jinx yeah. yourself. Yeah. How would you describe where you are in your business, Gina? Um, I would say that I finally feel like this is a career that I'm going to continue to have. Oh, I think. good. <laughs> After eight years? Eight years. Wow. Well, welcome aboard. <laughs> um, I think there's a bit more predictability in it, like similar, similar to what Megan said. Um, when you run your business by referral, uh, you finally start to see the fruits of your labor. Um, But yeah, I think it took until I was in like maybe year six or seven where I felt, okay, I, I'm, I think I'm going to be good. I think I'm going to be okay. Like this is going to work for me. I'm glad you guys are all calming down just a little bit. It's (laughs) taking some time. Mine was like year 10. That's when you said I was like, oh, I can finally see exponential return. Yeah. Jen. So, I'm the same as these ladies work by referral and I feel the same that even when I have slow moments, I know there's still stuff that's going to happen that I didn't know was coming, Mm -hmm. which it's hard to rely on that, but you just, in the back of your mind, you know, it's always there. Um, I don't know when, I think I might, I always thought this was my career from day one. So you were way ahead of these guys. Yeah. 
What's oh that? Oh my gosh, your ear thing is on the opposite way. It is? Yeah. Oh. But it's great. Okay, after that brief intermission. No, you're good. Um, And real quick, just for reference, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about GCI or millions of dollars of sales, but just what is your production level this year probably going to be? Um, I'm going to say probably 25, 26. 25, 26 million Mm -hmm. in gross sales. Good Lord. You're kicking ass. That's a number that uh, I didn't think was a real number. Like one or two of the top agents in Des Moines were doing that. Mm -hmm. 15 years ago and they were you know unheard of sensations nice work um i'll probably be at like 16 okay and then million. currently i'm around 12 okay so i just want to give newer agents a reference point for where your <laughs> what a trough and a and a valley might uh, mean mm-hmm. for you guys but and then do you are you brave enough to say your archetypes do you would you classify yourself with one of the agent archetypes networker marketer prospector converter i think i'm like the networker marketer okay agreed mm-hmm I would say I'm the networker. Okay. Uh, ag- sorry, agreed. <laughs> I don't want to make it look like I'm disagreeing. I am also networker and a little marketer. Okay. Okay, so um, I guess that's like backdrop. So let's just go all the way back, time machine. We're back to your first year. It's quite a while back, but uh, just jump in. So what was your, and anyone can give a brief description of where it was, but thinking back, what was your professional background Sort of when did you get in? Why did you get in? Who was instrumental in that decision? All that stuff. Just a few minutes on just getting back to that time. So who wants to jump in on that? So I can go first because I'm completely different than these gals. But um, I went to college for finance with real estate emphasis. Never at UNI. Never did I think I'd be selling houses by any means because I attributed that to car salesmen likes a car salesman. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jason. Um, so that's where I started and then um, just started working for a real estate company right out of the gate as an assistant to the GM, slowly went into the relocation department. Um, and doing that, that's when I kind of started talking to people because my job was to talk to the transferee, feel them out, figure out who would be a good fit for them as far as an agent goes. And that's when I decided I'm more of a people person. So I decided to jump in. So you actually got into Relo. And that evolved in, and this was 99. Mm -hmm. And what were the market conditions back then? You really think I can remember that? (laughs) You know, I mean. Like how many cycles have you been through? Yeah. Because, you know, the cycles are what, seven-ish years? Well, I mean. Historically. Normally. Yeah. So like. Yeah, I feel like I've been through everything. Yeah. Um, 99 was pre-dot-com bust Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pre-housing explosion that was really the next big bubble that we created we created a dot-com bubble and then we created a housing bubble in five yeah i mean the million dollar club was still a thing right like describe the million dollar club so you had to get a million like have a million dollars in volume to be part of the dmr back then i can't remember what it was called now the circle of excellence you would have a little thing on your business card that said million dollar club right that was a big deal. Yeah. Today, a million dollars in gross sales means you're really struggling to survive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd say you're part-time. <clears throat> That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. And probably three to five million was like the benchmark then of when you're really kicking Killing butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in, in their defense, right? That's 20 years and right. inflation and everything's yeah, changed. Sure. And your car, then you didn't have to buy because you just had a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're, you're getting in, uh, were there people that were instrumental? Like if you t- retell your story, like 
in my first year, this is who either got me in or helped me or whatever? Um, I mean, I there were a ton of realtors within um, the EB True office that I looked up to, um, for sure, that I, I mean, and they were all well older than all of us sitting here, I'll say that. Um, but This was before you joined Doug Burnett then later on? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Because I felt like he was instrumental in your... And he was the manager um, at First Realty at that time. Got it. So I definitely looked up to him. And then when he left and opened his own shop, I stayed for three more years and then finally went over there. Got it. Okay, but you can't recall the market. Like, I remember when I started, for example, people say, how's the market? And I honestly just didn't have a reference point. I don't think we really thought about it the way we do today, technically. I just yeah. said, oh, yeah, it's good. People are buying houses. And maybe I was just young and uninformed. I mean, we definitely all got in the car on Tuesdays after the sales meeting and went to all of the agent tours, tours and then deal. that ended up with lunch. Then we'd go back to the office for a couple hours, and then it'd be happy hour. I mean, there was a lot of time where you just kind of... That sounds like fun. But think about the relationships that you yeah. built. Oh, it was definitely rela more relationships than I would today. say today. Is really discounted in today's mm -hmm. market. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like everybody could use a little bit more of that with Agreed. other agents and other companies. And you needed that with agents back then because that's how you sold stuff. I mean, that's how you heard about things mm -hmm. as far as what was. Yeah. I mean, that's how you sold stuff. Because the same today. Time to market wasn't the same. You didn't have a, a listing show up 24 hours later on the MLS and six showings. No, it would take quite some time for yeah. it to trickle through the system and show up in your office. Right. So knowing who had stuff mattered. Right. It's kind of funny how that went full circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about, uh, let me go to you, because your stories are actually intertwined. A little so, bit. <laughs> so, Megan, you Well, I've told my story before a little bit, but so really quickly, I, out of college, joined a management trainee program for a commercial printing company and kind of went through the process. I, I worked on a press, like a printing press, for a few days, almost lost a finger. Um, I worked in like the film department, the digital department, and then I ended up in uh, customer service and got stuck there because um, I guess I did a good job. And um, I ended up working for one of the salesmen for about five, five and a half additional years, and he would pay me commission. So every quarter, based on his sales, he would cut me a check, and that was really intriguing to me. And when I started looking around at that business, the one thing that I didn't like about it is that it didn't matter how hard you worked to sell a print job and take care of that customer, if the end product got in their hands and something had happened along the way, it was like, it, it could all be gone. And I didn't like that. Um, so I kind of looked around and I said, everyone who's been here has been here their whole entire lives and their kids are here and I don't want to be a lifer here. Lives, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of actually looked to Brandy Nelson, who um, we lived in the same town and the same community, and she was starting to go through the real, st real estate class process. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do that too. That sounds fun. And jumped in and did the classes online. I think I told my story before that I had dial up at home. So I would like do a page, go do some laundry, come back, read another page, throw the laundry in another. You did realize the, you did the online course. I did then? the online course wow. because I had this full-time job. Right, right. <laughs> Dial-up is when you got on the internet. <laughs> make, make the noise. And it went. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and then if your like sibling picked up the phone to call their boyfriend it disconnected and like the whole house erupted oh no i didn't have siblings at home when i had the dial up <laughs> this was like 
So uh, you, you get in what year? I get in in 2005. Describe the market then because that's the peak of the previous bubble. You know, what I thought was so interesting is everybody would say to me, why did you, uh, what a time to be in the market like a couple years later. And I was like, what? Like in a bad way or a good yeah, way? Yeah, in a bad uh, way because after, you know, 2006, 2008, and then 10 was kind of like the cry. And so everybody kind of was like, oh, man, I wish you probably wish you made a different decision. I, know, I was always like, no. Like, you know, people still have to move. So I'm trying to put it in reference because in five, when you start, it's still good. And actually, the market starts to crash on the east and west coast sure. in six. six. And then we don't really feel the impact till eight. But in, that's what you hear. And so, you know how like you heard the market hearing, was crashing. Yeah, like everybody hears that. And you're like, I'm doing it's Buffini. It's the same thing right now. Like, you're hearing all these things, but it's really not going to, you're not going to feel it for a couple of years. I think that's a good yeah. little insight there. So you, you relate those two things as new agents kind today. Of, yeah. Although what you went through was notably bigger than anything we're going through now. Sure. Other than maybe the pandemic. Sure. And even then I'm in the pandemic, like I feel like what got me through was listening to other people talk about it the coaching the um the podcast the all the information like not just what you're hearing on the news like you got to pick your diet pretty carefully really do yeah and that's that's why i really um align with the buffini system is i think you know his is you get out what you put in and Mm -hmm. um always put in the good stuff and so that i started that my first week in real estate you literally started doing 100 days to greatness buffini training yeah as, the first week I arrived yeah. at Century 21. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So I'm pretty grateful for that. We That was VHS cassette tapes <laughs> that you were watching in the back room in like the dungeon. Uh, we laugh, but probably. Yeah, no, no, not probably. I remember <laughs> I remember the tapes okay. quite clearly. Yeah. Um, I also remember not partaking in that because I was just a few years ahead of you and I thought I was too good for it. It took me a few years to go back and catch up and go, oh yeah, this is really good stuff. <laughs> Uh, so well done. Okay, so reference point, you're 99 pre.com pre-housing boom. You're right as the market starts to crash in 2005, but you're like, didn't didn't matter. I I was new, I put my head down and I started doing Coles Notes Popeyes. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, I was 2014. So I would say as things were starting to ramp up after- After the crash. After the crash. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I started um, my career- after college, I worked uh, for State Farm and worked in management, business consulting, worked with agents on training their team, building business um, business plans, and loved my career there. Thought I would stay at State Farm forever. Got pregnant with my twins and had um, several complications. And um, ultimately, after I had them, decided that I was going to stay at home. So I was a stay-at-home mom for about eight years and loved it. Loved it so, so much. Had a great opportunity to be home with my kids for that time. And then um, decided to come back to work. Needed a flexible job. And I was introduced to Megan um, as uh, to work as her assistant. So I came on and I worked with Megan for, I think, probably six, six, six months. months. And then Megan and I kind of talked and we were like, hey, like, let's get licensed. And um, so I got... Megan freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I remember that. 
<laughs> I know where we were. <laughs> so I got licensed and then talking about Buffini, I, you know, it was, we thought maybe we'd work together or I could work part time. And, um, once I started the Buffini hundred days of greatness, Megan was like, I, I think like you, I can tell that you're going to get in this and you need to be a hundred percent committed, which at the time was very, very difficult because I loved working for Megan. And so Megan actually suggested cutting so, the leash. Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, because yeah. I wasn't ready to do the, a team. I wasn't ready to, in my mind, share, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But where I came around is that I did not look at you as a competitor, which I think at first I felt the fear. Yeah. And um, then I came around and, and you know what, I'm going to help you. I want you to succeed. I want you to do your best. And um obviously it's been amazing. Like we're all mm -hmm. at the same company. Jen is here because we did a deal together mm -hmm. and we had lunch and we talked and I was like, why don't you come to century 21? And right. she's like, well, I'm not, not thinking about it. <laughs> I was like, Oh <laughs> really? Like, mm. So it's been, it's been a really great mm -hmm. uh, ride. Yeah. So she kind of pushed me. Like, I think I was probably unrealistic with what I thought, what I thought could happen. And I think, you know, I, I didn't want to leave her just simply because we she's had such fun. a great, yeah, she, she's just a great mentor. Okay, she's, hold on. You were unrealistic on what you thought could happen in which direction? You thought you could do more or no, less than what I you did not think that I would be very successful. So, so the opposite of what I thought yes, you meant. Yes, so I wanted her to be a crutch. I wanted to rely. I didn't, I didn't want to go out on my own because I didn't think that I would be able funny. to do it. And in a way you pushed her out the nest because you didn't want to train wanna your competitor. Yeah. And that was a little bit of scarcity and that, yeah. that shifted to abundance mindset sure. later. Yeah. But that's what pushed you in to have to go make it by yourself. Yeah. And looking back, I'm sure Megan, I would have been the same way now as a real estate agent. Yeah. She also had needs that she knew needed to be met with having an assistant. And so you know, six or seven years into the business when I'm trying to find an assistant and I'm trying to find a buyer's agent and build a team, it's a full circle moment because I can understand yeah. where she was at of like, I still have things that I need to get done. And so it was good for all of us because obviously no, that, le that led her to Nicole. That's a beautiful story. <laughs> no, I, I think I won. I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the team won overall. It is interesting to think about though with the team structures we have today. If that exact same scenario played out, would it have uh, would it have turned out differently? Like, would you guys have ended up on a team? Don't answer the question. It's just a hypothetical, and it is an interesting uh, scenario. Okay, so I still miss working for her. <laughs> if, just, if she wanted to hire me today, I would be like, sure, I'll I'll work for you. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, let's talk about who should be on whose team. Yeah, let's be clear. That is not one of the options in the oh, team structure. Oh shoot, <laughs> shoot. So yeah, I. Um, very thankful for Megan. Um, and I, once I got into real estate, I was like, I have never, I had no desire to, I don't need anymore. Okay. Megan, oh, Megan does. does. Megan wants it. Um, I had no desire to go to other companies, interview other places. Um, I think, you know, what you said at the beginning, like finding people that you can, that you want to emulate, that you want to follow our office at, um, in Urbandale at Century 21, I just was surrounded by Jen and Megan and Abby and all of these like phenomenal women doing Power amazing. Lady. Power ladies. <laughs> I am. Disregard doing, the pop. Doing amazing things. So for me, um, yeah, I, 
I was very thankful to be a part of an organization that I was surrounded by really women that I wanted to be just like. So I think we have such an interesting dynamic in Urbandale, to be honest. We we have all these ladies who are doing an amazing amount of business. We have a few guys that are great. Love them. We love our guys. Love our guys. Yeah. And yeah, we all get along, I feel like, really well. Yeah. We have a really great relationship. And I think it's pretty unique. It is unique. For when you have that many women. When you think of that many women I in an office, I think estrogen. people think catty. <laughs> like, oh, it must be so catty. It's never been that way. Yeah, it's I wouldn't cool. allow it. <laughs> right. We're right. all kind you of like that, either. though. I think we're all mm-hmm. like that. Like we No drama. And no. that was why I didn't want to get back into, when I was a stay-at-home mom, it was really a challenge to think about where do I see myself? Because I was in a business situation prior, and I didn't want any weird, I didn't want to be a part of an office where there was any weird dynamics, gossip, drama, and getting the opportunity to work for Megan and just even just seeing how things were working in the office as an assistant, I was like, oh, this is this is where I want to be because this is like the energy here is good. Like okay. Selling Sunset Urbandale edition would just not go <laughs> it over wouldn't very sell. well. <laughs> Nobody would want to watch her. Still never watch that. Oh my gosh. So so take this forward a little bit for me. Um, I want to know how your first year went then. So you jumped in, you all at different times. How did it go? Uh, how'd you learn the business? Where'd you get leads from? And how did you actually perform in that first year? Brandy and I teamed up and because we felt like we had a lot of the same client base. And honestly, our intent was we don't want you to have to make a choice between us. And so we'll both serve you. Okay. And that really, it doesn't work for a lot of people. It worked really well for us. Typically, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I saw a lot of people after that try to do that. Yeah. And then there were some sparks, I remember. You got to have two really driven people, both of whom bring mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, two people bringing 50% really sucks. Mm-hmm. And it it worked beautifully. It was great. We had a client appreciation event every year, the Hill Nelson Golf It was a good, good tournament, thing. yeah. Um, I remember after... 10 months in the business, we, you know, we used to advertise in the South Hamilton record. That was a newspaper (laughs) that was printed, delivered to homes. Um, And we put in this little ad that said, we sold three and a half million and we're just getting started or something like that. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh my God, I would never do that today. Right. But it was kind of like us against the vet in that community who was Mark Greenfield at the time. Mm. Um, and so if you didn't list your house with Mark, you listed with Megan and Brandy and vice versa. And it was just, it was interesting, but that really worked for us. We, we dove into, you know, she's really into education too. And so she was with Buffini, um, and we had a coach that we shared together and, uh, we were really on the same page with all of that. Um, so we really just kind of learned from each other and hands-on, like, let's just jump in and do it. We'll figure it out. That was kind of my. Mantra. Do you remember how much you did in your first full year? Um, I think it was like one point seven or something like That's that. That's your production, yeah. or combined with brand. No, that was one. That was our mine. Okay. Because I think it was like three and a half or something like that between Com- the two combined. of us. Yeah. And and how did you feel about that? Did that feel like a win? Did it like what was totally. your mindset? What was your? Yeah, okay. I felt great. Um. Yeah. 
I was happy, I think. I think I was like, I, I want to work. I want to do more. My whole thing is I loved being on commission only because I truly believe still to this day, what you put into it, you'll get out of it. You'll be rewarded You're by wired your work. That way. Yes, and good or bad. It's one of the things we have to look for in new agents is, mm-hmm. is that something that actually, because a lot of people want to get in that aren't wired that way. I did uh, not have fear about being commission only. You did not? No. Yeah. How was your year, first year? Um, so my first year, I sold 45 homes and I think 7.5 million. Wow. This and is why you, you, you said earlier you didn't think. I'm not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what she said? Something I don't like think that. I can do this. I just told you I, I'm not going to be successful. <laughs> 45 homes in the first year. FYI, yes. I got rookie of the year too, as yeah. I think you did. Yeah. And I didn't sell that much. It was like 1 million yeah. or so. I don't even remember. Different yeah. times. I mean, it was I different, know. different times. Um, and all of my business came from open houses. So wow. I, um, I did not want to, s- I'm a very, I don't want to say frugal, but I did not want to spend a lot of money. Like I had to, my first goal was to make up the money that I had spent getting I'll licensed. I'll say frugal. Okay. <laughs> if you don't want to say it. Well, I think I people would be like, you. people would be like, oh, she has like 20 pairs of sunglasses. So we're all frugal in different ways and like to spend our money in other ways. But you were very particular yes. in that first year about yes. not wanting to put yourself in a bad financial situation. Correct. So like the first goal was, I think I might've spent like two, 2,500 in licensing and classes and computer. And so I, you know, just like that was my goal. And, um, I have a circle, my, my inner circle has a lot of real estate agents. Um, so I wasn't going to be getting business from friends and family just because I thought I needed to establish myself as an expert first. So I just did open houses every weekend and, um, it was a little, it was a a difficult year. Um, my family probably suffered the most, uh, dealing with just the highs and lows of my emotions. Um, so but the difficult for you wasn't being able to get your business up and running. It's that it actually did better than you thought it would. Yes. And so now you're stressed out and trying to balance and your kids are younger at that point, right? Yeah. So my boys were eight at that time. Got it. And you, you carried some guilt around that, that first couple of years. Well, yeah. Cause I was at home with them for so long. Um, but I also, I think that also was in the back of my head, like, you know, they got, they got eight good years out of me and now it's time for them to get some good time with their dad and with family and with babysitters. And I mean, I tried to put them in daycare at lifetime and they made it very difficult. And so I just, (laughs) your boys or lifetime, (laughs) my boys. And so, you know, we had to, we had to do crazy things. Like I said, if you're not going to sit in daycare, you can sit in the back of my car and read a book. Like I didn't have, they didn't have iPads. They didn't have phones. And, um, so that first year was a lot of, uh, a lot of dealing and managing my family and making a transition for, my family more than me working. I think, I think the work, the work was tough. Well, not really. I didn't really, I mean, open houses were fun. Like, Oh, I get to meet a bunch of people that I don't know. I had to like open my sphere. Cause for so long, like I was only, I only like drove two miles from my house. Like, like when I was a stay at home mom, I put like 2000 miles on my car a year. Costco. The swimming pool <laughs> yeah. and, and their School, schools. Yeah. The library. Like we I had a very, very, very small circle. So the only way I was gonna expand it and meet new people was to do open houses. So So you won rookie of the year at DMAR. Mm-hmm. And then Jen, you said you won rookie of the year too in, in what year? Uh so it would have been two thousand, I think. 
Okay, so describe <laughs> your first year. Well, I've been sitting here trying to think. It's not really fair because that's a long time ago. Um, so I, unlike Megan, was scared shitless of being commissioned. So I set a goal of 12 houses because um, that's what I needed to pay my rent. I was married um, and went back to the relocation department and said, can I get 10 hours a week? If I could just get 10 hours in a paycheck a week, then I think I could budget to make this work. So that's how I did it. I don't remember how long I stayed helping relocation. Um, cause that's Good or bad decision to do that, looking back? Oh, I think it was a great decision. Why? Because I've been, we talk about this a lot, finding part-time revenue while getting started that doesn't distract you from real estate. Yeah. I think the difference was I was in a real estate office, exactly. maybe, um, and 10 hours a week isn't a lot. I mean, if yep. you think about it, it was two hours a day or whatever. Um, so it just helped me stay engaged and motivated, too. Um, yeah, I don't, and I had a great mentor, Mike Smith, um, who was an educator at the time, that he really drilled into us, kind of like the Buffini model, because I didn't know who Buffini was then. Um, but it was, you have to reach out to your people every 17 days. So that's kind of what I just took that into heart and did it. Um, Where did that number come from? Every 17 I days? Have <laughs> <laughs> I might have notes. I might still have notes that tell me why. I don't know. <laughs> and how much did you do in your first year? Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was enough to get rookie of the year. So yeah. I don't know. You made the million dollar club pretty quick. Right. You did yeah. get the million dollar club. In well, that I mean, rookie was you had. Yeah. I mean, rookie, I think was a million, whatever then. I mean, I don't even know what it is now. Eight, 12, 14. I have no idea. The other thing about my story, I think, I don't know if I've, sh I know I've shared it with you, Dylan, is that in our contract at one time, it said you had to sell, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had to sell 12 houses or else you'd get fired. I think it was seven. It was 12. No, I think it was 12. <laughs> Good. And we should up it again. All I know is that I was like, do I really have to sign this contract? <laughs> and I'm such a rule follower, and I was so panicked that I would get, like, fired from Century 21. That, that like, it was like, okay, first pay off what I spent to invest in this career. Next, I got to keep my 12 so I don't get I don't get fired from Century 21. And, like, I'm a 1099 employee. Like, you can't fire me. <laughs> well maybe that can. was the evolution of <laughs> so yeah the 12 and and you had to go to the team meetings you had to be actively like just some of those things like I followed again what Jen said I, everything that Buffini said and Abby gave me that advice to follow what they tell just do what they're telling you to do and you led my class my Buffini class my apologies and I loved it because you were just like, do the activities. <laughs> like <laughs> people would, like show up and they'd be like, well, I know he said I was supposed to call 10 people, but I got busy. And I was like, what? He told you to call 10 people. Like you, you call, get call fired. 10 people. Call 10 people. <laughs> Joe was my uh, leader for that class. And same thing. It's so simple. It's, it's so if, simple. If you're yeah. wired that way, yeah. which I've learned that some people are not. So easy to do, easy not to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what actually screws people up is they, it's kind of, I don't know if you listen to the compounding podcast I did. I loved it. It's such small things that seem like there's no way they could have that impact. So we don't really believe it at our core. So why would I do the small thing repeatedly and not see results immediately? But it is what works. One of the things I remember early on in my career where I was like feeling stuck and I was hitting the same um, level for a couple of years. I'm like, oh, I just need to get to that next level. And I took to heart uh, something that, this is going to sound so corny. 
I went to Mastermind and they actually gave us a handout of 10 affirmations. And I put them on my mirror and I literally said them every single stinking day. Do you remember what they were? Oh gosh, be of sound heart and mind. Like basically like if you want to get shit done, get up early and do it. Like be healthy, be all the thing, read all the good things and the stuff will follow. And I kind of was at that point where I'm like, I'm just going to do whatever they say and see what happens. Why and not? that's when it was like a pivotal wow. moment, a change. I said, I'm not going to keep living in my grandma's house anymore. I'm going to build a house. I'm gonna... and, it... and it happened. It happened. It definitely happened. It did. I wasn't living with my grandma, by the way. <laughs> that's why I was laughing. <laughs> my grandma I was not that. living there. I, I was that. living in her old in house. In her home. Yeah. When did it, uh, you're kind of touching on it, but when did it click then? So not click, you all did great in your first year at various times, different phases of the business. But would you say, Gina, it clicked for you the first year or was there, because we talk about this magic three-year mark or and what does click mean? Does click mean get it? So it sounds like, Megan, you're saying you got it from a motivational perspective maybe because you were bouncing against the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe describe that. When did it, when do you feel like it came together for you? I still never feel that. I and it's that whole are we ever really content? Let's try and get there. Like have we arrived? Are we th- no. Different like, set of problems, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's the way I'm wired. So I feel like if I relax and slack, it will hurt me. Which kind of sucks. But which is why you never even want to celebrate where you are now because somehow you might This is slow how I down. celebrate. Like, this is called a celebration, and... This, by the way, was raising her gloss. <laughs> so it's just dumb little things or like being that. With, being like, with us. I'm going to yeah. make the things that I do fun. Yes. And still work hard and, and get everything done, mm. but I'm going to have fun along the way. Okay, so it's never... You've never arrived, is what you're saying, but when did your business come together? Seven years, It took maybe? seven years for you to feel that? Well, I guess. I don't know. Were I kind you of, making good money prior to that? Yeah. Because it wasn't about I wasn't that. managing it. So you were winging it to some extent. Probably. Okay. So at seven years, you were you were doing six, seven million though, weren't you? I don't I don't even know. Okay. Yeah, Probably. you were yeah. doing it. when I met you, you were doing eight. It feels like that's not the benchmark for you. It's it's when you it sounds like I don't ever have a benchmark. It's correct. It it's not about moving. the number. Mm-hmm. The number keeps growing. Mm-hmm. It's about feeling like you had your business put together or you had the right mindset about your business or Again, I may feel that for a minute, but the minute you mm. stop and say, oh gosh, everything's working great. You never want to say that because you're no, afraid of saying that. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had a, a few other assistants in the past. I've shared an assistant with other people at Century 21. And, um, you know, when they leave or somebody leaves, then you got to start all over. And I'm fearful of that. So. It's like a full summit. That was, sorry, I keep referencing my own podcast, but I mean. It just keeps going, right? You get to a certain level, you think you you cleared, you're at the top, and then all of a sudden you look and you realize there's a whole another mm-hmm. mountain behind that one, mm-hmm. whether it's an assistant leaving or markets changing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not afraid of markets changing because <clears throat> that will happen. You just have to figure out how to work in it. Hmm. So, I mean, how about you guys? Would you? Uh, uh, when did it come together for you? Um, probably when I was able to say no to certain things, um, and have my non-negotiables. So making all of my kids activities or games, 
um, a priority. Doing, yeah, that was my priority. Workouts for me is a priority. Um, and knowing it was okay to say that, um, like, nope, I'm busy during that time. And you still feel a little guilty about it at times, like yesterday sitting and chatting after our um, cookout that we had yesterday. I was like, oh, my phone's in my office. I should probably be checking it. I mean, you just constantly kind of have that mm-hmm. guilt in the back of your mind. Um, but then you go look and I'm like, well, I missed absolutely nothing. So um, I feel like I definitely became a better mom by being there for them and involved. Did you have to, this is a scary question to ask, did you have to earn getting to the place where you could prioritize that? When I think about the first year, sometimes we do have to sacrifice some stuff at, like you sacrificed, Gina, time with your kids in that first mm-hmm. two years to get to the place that you could then Oh, make yeah, it a I'm not again. saying that I didn't make sacrifices. I did. I mean, it, <clears throat> I went through a divorce in 09, um, and that was about the time, I think I came to Century 21 in 10. Um and I had my kids 50% of the time, so there were times I did have to drag them to showings. Megan and I were talking about that the other day, how brutally honest kids are when they walk through the house, oh and they're like, God. this house oh, stinks. Why yeah. would you buy this? They're not good salespeople. No. Um, kind of like when you walked in the room today and said, what's that funky smell? <laughs> it was <stunchy> in here. <laughs> um, so had those sacrifices, definitely short with my kids because I had to write an offer, but I needed to make dinner and there was no one to put the food on the table but me. So, you know, those moments were... You juggled a lot that period of time because you yeah. were a single mom for the first few, well, not the first few, but for the beginnings of your career, right? You're kind of like Wonder Woman to me. <laughs> Thanks. Because I know how hard it is yeah. having yeah. another person there. Yeah, um, yeah so um, for me, it wasn't always where my volume is, it was more like, can I, can I pay my bills? And if I knew if I got to a point where I couldn't pay my bills, then I would go get another job. I'd mm-hmm. figure it out. Um, but that's, I mean, that's been my mentality always. Cause I like you grew up poor, so I had to figure it out. Um, luckily I didn't have to ever go get another job, but I had, you know, car payments, a house payment and child support that I was paying. So I had to figure it out. Um, so I know, I think when I came to Century 20, 21, I was like at 5 million, kept hitting, you know, five, five, five. Finally, my first year with you guys, I did seven. Then the second year, I think I jumped to 14. Like I remember that awards banquet when you guys nice. gave me the seven up award or whatever. Um, and then I freaked out cause I was like, holy crap, I don't ever want to do that again. Cause I was and flying I said, solo. Take your goal 15. <laughs> no, and I was, I like was pushing like, you. Nope. Um, nope. In fact, then I got a coach right after that. And my first thing I said to her, our very first meeting, I was like, I don't ever want to do that again. She's like, oh, you want to do more? I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, so doing more scared me because I was so busy um, and I didn't want to miss out. I mean, the time is precious with your kids and I didn't want to miss out on everything I had missed out on. Um. I mean, I'm pausing here because there's so many different angles I kind of want to go. I, I, you all felt like you had successful first years. Mm-hmm. Like enough it, to stick with it. Huh? Yeah, enough to stick with it, and, yeah. Well, yeah, but I think we always... That's where I'm going. We looked around the room and saw how much more other people were doing, so then you still feel like you're failing. Am I wrong? That's the whole more than more thing. Right. There's yeah. always someone. Well, I was always chasing Dylan. So See? this is the interesting Just thing. Just for a few like, years. Yeah, a few years. And um, I was always like, oh my gosh, she did six million last year. Like, that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and six. when 
I was and at first realty at the sales meetings. You'd walk into the room and they'd have on the whiteboard, XYZ sold this much this week and this person sold that much. And you oh. felt like a failure if mm-hmm. your name wasn't on that board, mm-hmm. which is not how we do things today, but that's how it was. That's how, but that's what actually motivates me. Well, that's what I, you're yeah. touching on something interesting because half of you hate the comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the motivation thing is what I'm playing with in my head. So you're motivated by the fact that there's always someone ahead of you, good or bad. It's a sales in, uh, environment. You, you, Gina, were motivated by the fact you thought you were going to get fired by some benchmark <laughs> of 12 houses on your contract. You're motivated by chasing someone who's a few steps ahead of you. Or I can control this. That's what I was motivated by. Meaning? I can, yeah. if I want to do more, I can do more. I just got to go do it. You seeing someone that could do more than you mm-hmm. open and trusting in the process, believing in the system that if I do this, I will be there. Yeah, that's the second. I'm Kinda looking at the levers. Sounds like there's levers in my head. One of the levers is motivation, and I struggle with new agents that come in and have too much revenue because they aren't motivated. But I also struggle with not having any revenue because then it can lead you to a death spiral. It's this really complex algorithm. Like Jen, you having some part-time income in the business was a, a, a saving opportunity, right? Um, then the other lever that you're, you're talking about is inputs. I mean, you've got to show up and believe. What did you say? Believe in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to show up and just do the inputs. Mm-hmm. But the other one is just time. I, I've dealt a lot with thinking about the impact of time in the real estate space. You, none of you have touched on it, but we always reference this magical three-year moment where all of a sudden some repeat and referral business starts showing up. And sometimes success in real estate in the first year just feels like being able to survive those first two years. And then you can't just be sitting around. You can't be hanging out at the pool all day. But even then, I see some people not doing that much brilliantly, but just earning your stripes and gaining some experience and time. I guess just speak to all of that. What do you think... I mean, maybe in your stories, what, what were the essential levers that got you to the place where you could be where you are today? Hmm. It's a big question. Well, I think that, you know, when, one question that you had asked is like, how are things now different from a training standpoint versus when we started? And I think for me, I just wanted to build a successful business really at any cost and had to figure out the best way to do it with just using the people in my office as mentors. Um, and I think that all three of us have something very in common is that we all came from families where if we wanted something, we had to work for it. Okay. Um, and things were not easily given. Even in 2014, when I started, I did not, I was not getting leads from another agent. I was not on a team. I was not doing Zillow. Like I, I had to have a little bit of grit to get it done. And for me, I was led by not wanting to fail. I did not want to be a failure. And it took me until, you know, probably two or three years. Yes, that is the magic number where you start to realize, okay, I, I can do this if I follow the things that I've been taught through Buffini or watching other people in my office, mm-hmm. I can be successful. And I think that success for everybody looks a little bit different. Obviously, for me, it was really at a cost to a lot of people talk about balance and like home life balance and you've got to find balance. And it's like balance did not exist for me. Like it it was I was giving everything I had to building my business for two years. And I talked to my husband and my family and I got their buy in and I just said, hey, mom's going to be crazy. 
like, I mean, I am a little crazy, right? Because I have red hair, but like mom's going to be extra crazy in the next couple of years. And the reason I've got to do that is because I've got goals I've got to make and um, I'm going to do my best to, to be there for you. But, you know, I had to choose my heart and my heart for my first two or three years was building I have it. to choose my heart? Yeah. Okay. Because I had to build it. I had to build the foundation. I knew through my time at, at State Farm um, and watching State Farm agents build their business that you just had to, you had to, you have to give it your all and you have to work really hard because I wanted in now year eight to have the flexibility of doing things with my family and taking vacations and hiring a buyer's agent and having an assistant. Like all of those things were built on working very, very hard my first couple of years. And I think a lot of people today are like, well, I need balance. And, you know, I, um, another great example yesterday, I was looking at my calendar and I told my assistant when I worked for Megan, Megan never had any free time on her calendar, like very, very little free time. And That's the way she made it look. No. I'm kidding. I mean, and she was good. Like she, when I say free time too, she would even put like her own personal appointments or you whatever. blocked everything off? Maybe. And I, I put everything on my Everything's okay. on her calendar. Everything. And everything. so when I started out, and even to this day, like Saturday on my calendar is open. And my initial thought is, okay, who do I need to be talking to? Like I need to fill that Saturday up. Like I should be doing something. And so like for me, I just worked as hard as I could for my first couple of years so that I could build a base. It's not going to be easy. Like if anyone's in this business and they're like, oh, this is going to be easy. It's not easy. Because mm -hmm. your heart was a trade-off. And in your mind, I, I have to go trade balance with my family right for now sure. to, to make sure I get off the ground because your driver was fear of failure. For, for it sure. Sounds like your driver, Megan, was more what was possible, if, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jen's, yours was paying the bills. Yeah. Am I right? Hundred percent. Mine care of your was, family. I want the I want to do these things and I want this lifestyle, so I'm gonna figure out how to get it. Yeah, yeah. You saw what was possible yeah. was out yeah. there, and I think for years and years and years, probably until like this year, 2022, all I did was work. Whether that was real estate, I know for ten years I did dueling pianos every single yep. weekend, every single weekend, either a Friday, Saturday, or both. And nights during the week, I would go and play piano and sing. And I made great money doing it. I met a lot of people. I did it for to build that house um, and to also get me out of tax debt, which we'll talk about. We probably already have a little bit. Oh, boy. Um, that's a first-year thing. Um, but I worked and worked and worked. I missed weddings. I missed parties. I missed friends' things. Um if I wasn't playing piano, I was selling real estate and vice versa, like all the time. And so to have kids then and to slow down and be forced to slow down, I've had this internal struggle. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Very much so. It's fun because I've got to watch a lot of your struggles. Oh my over gosh. The year. I've seen a <laughs> lot of tears come from all of our eyes over the years. <laughs> um, and I don't want it to make, I think sometimes people, people think, you know, that I wasn't there for my family or, you know, I mean, if you were to ask my kids today, like, what does it mean that your mom is where she's at? Like they, they would never ever be like, Oh, my mom missed my t-ball game. And that like, you know, they would be like, Oh no, they never think that. they don't. Ever. I mean, like I've had to miss games and I've had to miss sometimes doctor appointments. I mean, um, and there are non-negotiables. -nego and I tell people today, like from four to 6 PM, when I first started out, my phone was on airport mode. 
Like I, that's when my kids were home. I would come home. I would be with them after school. I would eat dinner with them. I would put my phone back on and then I would go show houses. And that, that worked for me because I was building something so that I could have freedom today, Mm -hmm. eight years later when they are 16 years old and I can, we can go on a week long vacation in the mountains and I can spend that time with them. Mm -hmm. Like there is going to, you have to make decisions all the time. And this balance, I just, I feel like so many people are like, well, I want to find balance. And it's like, I have a little bit of balance now because I put a lot of work into it my first three years to get that. Well, and you're both touching on this and I want to hear from you, Jen, as well on this topic, but like, um, I, it sounds like you're, I don't think you're doing this intentionally, but it's probably good for people to hear how hard you had to bust your ass for that period of time to get to where you are. But we're all wired that way. Yeah. Naturally. We still had fun. And I think that like Megan also taught me like, you know, last weekend when I didn't have anything going on, I called a client who I didn't talk to for a while and I was like, hey, do you want to go walk down at Grace Lake? Like, so I, I feel like you can integrate mm-hmm. business into your life, right? But like, did I go out like my first year, like the ladies would all go and do stuff and I would be like, I'm never getting invited. And Jen was like, that's because you don't seem like you want to go. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I don't because I'm but trying, I want to be invited, but I, you know, like the same way. And oh, I want to be able to turn you down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but to her point, I mean, that was, sometimes you have to have people say difficult things to you that hurt for a second for you to like make a decision on, okay, how am I presenting myself to people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am not opening myself up to do things with other people because I'm trying to run a business and trying to raise my children and I don't know how to find time to hang out with other people. And I figured that out, but I needed someone to like, because that's She's pointing to Jen here. (laughs) I don't even remember that, but yeah. Well, like you got to like, maybe you should, you know, invite people and you know, you don't quite seem like you have time or you, and I'm like, well, I really don't, but. Well, it's like, what do you talk about with your best friends? Do you sit and bitch about how busy you are and how you don't have time for anything? Cause of course they're going to be like, well, I mean, she's busy. I'm not going to call her. So I am very conscious of that and what how I'm saying, I, what I say mm-hmm. to even my closest people. Yeah. My so husband's the only one never who too busy it. for your referrals, <laughs> you know. Jen, what were your, your drivers? I touched on the paying the bills thing, but your levers for success, like how do you view that now looking back? What did it take for you to get to where you are? Um, well, I mean, just like these gals said, you have to put the work in. Um, you have to show up and put the work. Like for me, I, I'm not, I can't work at home. Like Mm -hmm. that was something I was thinking about on the way here. Um, the beauty I had is that the office I worked out of was busy. There were always agents in the office. So if you just showed up and listened to conversations, went to lunch with them. Um, I mean, there was an agent that she took every Tuesday off and this was something I told Megan, I think (laughs) this year or last year when she was freaking out, I'm like, turn your phone off for one day, let Nicole handle that day. But what if I'm like, just do it. Um, but there was an agent that she took every Tuesday off and I covered her Tuesday. She didn't pay me to do that. But if a lead came in, she's like, you can have it. There was one lead that came in and those people never bought a house. Finally, I think 12 years later, they bought a house. (laughs) Um, and then it turned into a referral, but by golly, I didn't care. I was learning. She had a development. You know, I learned a lot about new construction and land and all that. Um, and then there was an, another agent that he had a builder he was going after. He's like, will you go with me? Because I can't work it alone. And I said, sure. So I spent my time doing that. Um, then I had a Hubble project. And then I was like, this is no fun. And so I quit that. Um, 
So you just kind of figure out how to work hard, but also cherry pick and say, no, I feel like you can't always chase stuff. Um, and I guess for me too, I always told people, I'm like, get whoever it is to come into the office, sit down and talk with you before you ever show them a house. Because if you don't, they're never going to respect you. And so for me, of course, if they're a referral from someone else, that's a different story. But if it's someone brand new, you don't know, get them into the office and have that consultation with them, which by the way, I sucked at those in the beginning. They were scary. I hated them. I was nervous. Listing appointments gave me the hives. Like, so you figure all of that out. But now today I'm not scared of a listing. And sometimes I go in and I'm like, yeah, I'm not your gal Mm -hmm. because we're not going to get along. Um, And it's hard to turn down that business and say no to some of that stuff, but you have to. And I'm like Gina, She was from here and knew people and had been here a while. I moved here straight from college, knew no one, had some friends, obviously, that were here. But as we all know, they're the first ones to (laughs) not work with you. Um, So I did open houses, too, which I hated them. I'm not like Gina. She loved them. I I hated them. It's out of my comfort zone. Megan knows this. I can't walk into a party by myself. I'm always like, Megan, will you go with me? Or are you going? I'll go with you. Um, Still to this day. Um, because I'm just not, I'm more of an introvert, which seems very crazy. Um, so I didn't love open houses, but I met my best referral clients at an open house and I loved, I mean, they were just genuine people that I could tell like right away, I want to work with them. Um, and so, you know, I did open houses for a while and then I finally quit doing them and I haven't done one in a long time, but, um, you have to earn your stripes, I guess. Well, and you touched on, I think you didn't say it, but showing up. I've seen that over the years a lot. Being present at the office, being willing to learn from others, just being present is Mm -hmm. not half of winning. It's a big deal learning from others and then being available when opportunities just magically show up. Right. I've told new agents that it's so the number one, first and foremost, come to the office, Mm -hmm. show up, be there, listen to the conversations that we have in the hallway, listen to the things we vent about, listen to the problems we're having or the successes or the whatever, because you learn so much and some people take it to heart and some people don't. And I feel like that's a real key well, indicator. The sometimes. learning part. And then there's the, I don't know what the right word is, but the the scraps. I mean, there's just, there's always opportunities that get thrown around the office. And mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of new agents pick up a lot of business. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that one open house lead that you got that turned into your number one referrer mm-hmm. or you just think uh, about the agents that don't have buyers agents yet who want to maybe give a couple leads away. Yeah. Like if you're the person that's in the office and there and learning and Ready, hearing willing and, and able, they'll, you'll get it. It's kind of like floor duty. Mm-hmm. Right. Back in the, it's d- the new floor duty. We Sorry, had floor what's duty. Floor duty Jen? <laughs> <laughs> you had to sign up for two hour increments of time to be in the office in case the phone rang or in many somebody cases, walked sitting in. at the front door. Like, yeah. I know a lot of offices, you, you had you the receptionist and then you had the floor duty uh-huh. agent at the front to greet yeah, people. with a computer. Yeah. I think I did it in Ames Desktops once. once. We did it for a while in Ames. Because we had walk-in traffic mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. I mean, that's just a thing of the past now. Mm-hmm. But Actually, I want to get to that, like things that have changed. So, I, And you guys are great. There is champagne on the table and we can go a lot of directions. Try, try zoom in and get super practical for me right now on things that... As new agents, think about an audience, what they can take away practically in their world. I, I want to talk about what's changed in a minute, but just go back to your first year and maybe bullet point these answers if you can. Um, what What do you think you got wrong in your first year? Like, What are some things that you, looking back, you're like, oh, I totally screwed these things up. 
And then, and then I guess, and what you do right. So you're welcome to just lump that all together. Gosh, uh, what did I do wrong? I did a lot. I do a lot of things wrong. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> 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 I um, probably should have had a therapist sooner. Um, to a therapist slash coach, like a lot of people get coaching. You weren't joking about that when you said that. No, yeah. no, that's a hundred percent accurate. Like keeping your head level. So some people need business coaches because they need help with their business. And I've always said I need a therapist because I I need help. Uh, it's the same. Being the best mom, wife, partner, friend, sister, daughter. Um, and so for the if I'm not good here in my head. With, yep. with my base, with the people that I love, um, I'm not going to be good in business. So I, there were, <laughs> there, I, I, I will never forget. I came home one time and, you know, my first listing came in and out of contract three times. Um, and I mean, I just, I like, I think I like had an outer body and like, I was just sitting at the dinner table and my poor, um, boys and husband were just like shell shocked. Um, so I think I, uh, I probably could have done a better job of managing my stress. Um, I probably could have done a better job networking and getting plugged in with, uh, the other people in my office and Uh, seeing value of that. Because you asked, you were head down trying to make it and instead of really connecting and showing up in that way. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. What else? Um, and anyone can jump in here. Work that, what'd you yeah. do right? What'd you do wrong? Don't stop Gina. If there's more. <laughs> Sounds well. like she's got a good list. <laughs> yeah. Megan's like, yeah, I did, I did that. I did that. Um, gosh, I think probably, uh, I, I started out because I had had time with Megan. Megan was using the Buffini system. Um, she, I had her as a mentor, just, just look at her calendar to watch how she interacted with people, how she had fun with people. Do you still look at my calendar? <laughs> <laughs> no. You have access to my calendar? I probably do. Oh my gosh. I probably do. Um, not surprise me. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think the things that I did right was I did that Buffini immediately. I, again, I'm a rule follower, followed it to the T. Um, is it Buffini specifically that helped you? Because they have a unique sales approach. Mm-hmm. Or was it having a formula or a roadmap? Having a roadmap and a formula. And things to check off the box, like check yeah. the boxes. Like yep. make five calls today. Got it. Like I, I will write things down just so I can cross them off. Like <laughs> So having that checklist to follow, I think. If those checklists had been make 10 cold calls or knock on 10 doors, would it have worked the same? For not you. for me. Not for me. No. So it's both having a checklist and making sure you found the one that fits you. Yes. There are relational people and there are transactional. And you quickly identify who you are. And I have learned that I cannot discount someone else's business because that's the way they are. Now, like, there's people killing it on the trend. Killing like, it. Yeah. But I'm going to get the second time around. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, just the, it's just your personality. So the archetype thing is huge to figure out how you work. Which we didn't have for no. any of you when you started. No. But in looking back, you realize mm-hmm. how understanding your archetype in, in retrospect, uh, you had to figure out how to play in your space. Mm-hmm. So what else? That's good. Uh, what, I'm, what I've heard so far, though, on the Buffini and the activities is, is finding a roadmap that provides you activities that you believe in 
so you've got something to go get done on a day. You got to figure out what your job is. Yeah. And I think also the thing with real estate is that we're always working. Like people say, how many hours a week do you work? I've never been able to answer that question because I will always answer my phone. I will answer numbers that. This is what you did, right? Uh, I, yes. Megan also taught me that she, no matter what call, even if it's like some weird number, she answers it every time, which (laughs) not anymore. Come on. You still, (laughs) well now it says potential spam. Like it's great. But (laughs) But eight years ago, there are, there are one hundreds of success stories of your gosh, you're the first agent who answered my call. I sold a house to a woman Mm -hmm. last week because I answered the phone. Random woman from Utah called eight other agents. No one answered their phone. I showed via FaceTime one house in Adel and she bought it cash. Do you think that was worth it? Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, are you saying? <laughs> yeah, no. Did you, you um, put her call on voicemail, Gina? <laughs> no, it's totally worth it. Oh like my gosh. just answering the phone. I can answer the phone and hang up and be annoyed and whatever, but one out of 10 times, I'm really glad I did. Well, and things can get solved. That's one thing you taught me. And I'm not a person who wants to answer the phone all the time. And what I've learned when you see, like, even when you're dealing with a transaction and you see someone's number and you're like, oh, I don't want to talk to that person right now. I just know, like, let's just, let's just work it out. Let's Mm -hmm. not go to voicemail. Let's not go to text. Let's just answer the phone. People need to be doing that more often. Mm -hmm. It is a skill that I think is going to the wayside that people don't see value. Answering the phone. I'm arguing with a lot of people right now about their use of text or email. And I'm trying, Jen, you're, I know you're on my camp on this. Oh yeah. yeah. I I think we all are on the same camp there. Uh, What's the camp? Describe it to anyone that has a different The camp is pick up the phone and solve the problem. You can spend hours texting back and forth and you deal with these preconceived notions on the other end because you didn't use a smiley face or an exclamation point or a whatever. (laughs) Or let's say this, when you get a text, you want to respond to the person quickly. So you respond as fast as you can. And then you go back and read it like two hours later, you're like, Ooh, that didn't sound very nice. And you didn't mean it that way, but Mm. that you were just trying to hurry up Mm -hmm. and answer their message. And they may not have meant it in the way that got you to respond that way. Exactly. And so if you just pick up the phone and solve the problem, how do I get people to understand this more time? Well, f- for me, our podcast I, is going to change the world. Yes. <laughs> just for try me. it for a month, people. Right now, we give you thirty days. Just Let's pick take every texting time. off your phone. Just pick up the phone and answer it. Well, and I don't remember who told me or taught me this, but it's like your sellers, for example, because you know, it, back when I started listings, didn't sell in two minutes. Um, so that was a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. And Dylan, when I met you, you're like, "Well, they see your." face or your name however many times a day when they're leaving for work when they come home from work and you don't talk to them um so that's meaning always, they, they pull out their driveway they yeah, see your name yeah. on the side they're sign. like what the hell is she doing for me oh probably drinking champagne you know <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was in reference to me we're all we're still working we're just drinking um, and working so i just always swallowed my pride and called them and i was like how are you feeling like this is what's happening you know just keep that line of communication open and that's been the biggest thing i tell all of my clients is you will always be able to communicate with me like i sometimes it's not going to be an easy conversation but i'm not going to hide from you 
I think the pushback people give is, yeah, but some people prefer to talk via text or something. No, they my, don't. Well, they, they, they do, but it's because they're hiding. Right. It's because they're also conflict avoiders or yep. they're also afraid of having a challenging conversation. And so my response is, well, someone has to be the adult then. Yeah. We know that these conflicts get solved better when people can come to, the best is be in a room and talk. That's I've not said that possible. a million times. Is there a time I can come over and just hundred percent? Because That's you, me. oh my gosh, it's so much better. Yeah, it's nerve wracking and painful, but you get them produce better results. Embrace yeah. the awkward. That's my thing. Well, and it ends embrace up being, the awkward. Ends up being better than you think it's yeah, going to be. Totally. Too. You go okay, in. Well, this is a good side topic, but it's not our topic today. I like this. We'll do a special, a special one of that. Get on anything, the phone. Yeah. Anything else that you guys would say you did right or you did wrong in your first year? I didn't really answer, so I'll jump in. I think what I did wrong is it took me way too long to have broad shoulders. Like, I used to get my feelings hurt if my friends bought from someone else or they didn't tell me, you know. So probably took me, or I lost a listing because I was in competition. Um, So I feel like it took me a lot longer to not get down about it. Um, so that's probably something advice wise that I give to shake it off. Yeah. Especially in the first two years, because no offense, as much as you know, this person well, and you were roommates in college, you probably don't deserve their business yet. Right. You haven't earned that right. Right. So them going with somebody else might feel like a slight, but it's who in their first year, other than Gina, apparently (laughs) didn't have a whole bunch of failure of people who didn't yet trust them enough to work with them. But I also, I think we read way too much into some of that. Yeah. And this is like it four has agreements. nothing to do with us. It has to do with the other person may have yeah. just ran into them. They had a great conversation and, oh, hey. Yeah. And they feel bad. You know, it's like, it's just like judging whatever, the person that walks in the door. You have no idea what they're going through, mm. what conversations they just had. Family, selling real estate, whatever. It's like... I it's, had to learn it's about that it's too. not personal. I mean, I don't do very good. about you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can't make assumptions either. So you can't read into it and you can't make it personal. You go to pick up and go focus on what you need to do to get the next one. I think the, the one other thing I would say to people that I did wrong is to make sure you carve time out for yourself. Whether you turn your phone off and go get your nails done because they're grown out and cracked and nasty so bad that you don't even want to show them to anyone. Or I remember sitting on the floor in the entryway crying because I'd never had time to go buy new underwear that week. I needed underwear so bad. I made Tim go out and buy me (laughs) underwear because I didn't have time to go and do it. And now, of course, we just go online. But yeah, that didn't exist. Like the point here is, is carving time for yourself. Yes. Like to get the necessities done to do go. You know, we work 24 seven. Go at two o'clock on a Tuesday and do your grocery shopping and then come back. Like there were, there were times I just didn't do the things that were necessary to keep life running. I mean, obviously I didn't starve or anything, but, um, I also, to make life easier. I did like a, my my Wednesdays were supposed to be my like day off. So I would work from home. And the I idea being you were working weekends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I remember being like, well, I think I need one day off. Right. Like, and so Wednesdays, um, was, uh, it still is early, early day off for my kids. Um, so I just always wanted to be home on their early day and spend time with them. And, um, I still probably worked and I still take it to this day. People gen- generally know if it's a Wednesday, even if there's something going on, like business wise, I typically will have, um, 
Nikki or Taylor helped me with it. So are you listing this as something you did right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You having, hold the line on that pretty Having well? Wednesdays and then the four to six, putting my phone on airport mode. Mm. Um, I used to be really worried about that. And then, you know, I think actually you were the one who told me, um, like, there's not going to be any major emergency. And then I probably rebuted and said, like, well, what about this? And what about that? And you had said... You know, like she's when pointing you, to me. I just want to get this on. on you would go on vacation, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Nothing is going to happen when I'm on vacation. Like it's going to be fine." And I'm like, "Well, what if one of your age? Like we? I think we went round and round. And I gave you like tons of examples, and finally, I was just like, "All right, I'll try it." Kind of back to Megan's thing, like just try it. Like, oh, you see what happens. And here I am today, doing just fine from putting my phone on silent from 4 to 6 p.m. to be with my kids. There's always a reason why you can't do certain things, right? Of course. There's always an excuse, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's back to, I don't know. People have been where we're trying to go. And that's, I started with that whole choose yourself a Cato thing. I, I think, and that's why this conversation is important because people have learned those lessons already. And it always, we all, we all struggle with it. And it does feel hard to take that day off or have your phone off or, but it's almost like, uh, what would you call it earlier? Choose your heart, choose your suffering. It's that or, well, what's the alternative? Mm -hmm. So you have to be willing to create some of those lines in the sand. Those are good. Any others? Good uh, right or wrongs first year? Um, one thing I would say is invest in yourself. So spending the money on education, we're really spoiled now because yes, we, we are. Mm -hmm get free education, but I would still say go to conventions, you know, spend some time on that, even if it's not about real estate and it's just, you know, um, anyway, so I would do that. And then I was always a very good saver. So that was one thing I told people like 40% at least of all of your checks, put that to the side, like taxes and whatever, everything that's else. yours first. Yeah. Um, so those hard, are hard to do your first year, right? Megan, yeah, I that, mean, that's how you got in that tech situation. <laughs> Hers was more about mileage, right? <laughs> um, it was a lot of things like I when you are used, again, I was not afraid of commission, but you know, when you can have months where you make zero and months where you make a hundred thousand and you say, Oh, well, I'm just going to go buy a car today. Like that just doesn't work. And uh, when the tax bill comes in and then like in my case, I paid, I paid it. Then I got audited and found out I did it wrong, which I didn't know. And so then I owed a lot more money and then I got on a payment plan. Then I really had to like cut back. So like I really made, I, in my mind for, for real, I did make sacrifices for no nail appointments. Yes. No nail. Okay. I'll say it. I did not get my nails done for like two years. Hey, it's, it is quite a savings. Yeah. Well, it, yes. No more, I mean, I'm shopping no at Walmart. For you. No more underwear <laughs> for me. I lived in grandma's house for, you know, years and, um, played piano and did all these things. And, yeah. um, you hustled. I did. I hustled. And, and I had fun doing it too, you know. The money thing is so important. I I am, was the same with John. I was super conservative about it to this day. I still live very, like, I don't, if I have a great month, I'm not like, woo, let's go. Like, all of that money. I live on the same amount every month. Everything yeah. gets put aside um, for savings or investing. And, and I also would say, too, one of the biggest changes that uh, in mindset I made as I sat at a Buffini conference and he said, invest in what, you know, you guys know, real estate, yep. go invest in it. 
And so I think all of us have yeah. taken that to heart and gone and bought investment properties. And um, we are way better educators to our clients about that and um, can be a resource. Um, when did that start for you in your career? For me, that was, it was actually the year that Hayes was born. So 2016 is when we, 15 is when we bought our first one. 10 years in. Yes. You, you own rentals? Uh, like five, I think on my fifth year. You started doing that with, mm-hmm. with Brian and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was to build uh, our children's like legacy to help them be a part of mm-hmm. like the rental and the work. And, you know, like when the Duray show happens, they're there with us cutting trees and like. Oh, you I, wanted them involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted them to see the, what, what it takes. Do you do rentals, Jen? Yeah, we have um, five doors. I'm the opposite. I hid it from my kids for a very, very long time because I didn't want them to ever think that they had. I'm not saying what you're doing is great, but I feels like there's a lot of spoiled kids, right? So I never wanted my kids to Mm. be that way. Yeah, Um, they know now, and you know we talk about working in the business and that sort of thing. But um, for me, I was probably about ten ish, eleven years in too. Um, but age wise, I mean, you got to think about that. I started mm-hmm. selling real estate when I was 23, <laughs> I think. So, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't even have money to put away for retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never had anyone else contribute to my retirement because I've not had a job where I've had that. Um, so that's probably why I was always a saver too. Mm-hmm. And taxes scared the crap out of me. Yeah. So the, the point there was you, you all at some point started what you did right is you started investing in real estate. Certainly not in your first year. Well, right. it's doing better than my 401k right now. Oh. Uh, real estate's done marvelously the last few years, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's probably time for us to all buy another one. I know. We've been trying to buy out West, West but. Okay, so let's try it. Man, we, guys, we're at an hour 17. You could easily go two hours. I wish you I could do this all day long. <laughs> let's, well, let's get another thing of champagne. No, just no. kidding Dylan. Our, our audience will, will lose us but I, help me get practical just a couple more times and then let's wrap this up so okay. um today well i mean i want to ask you what's changed from when you started to now but but honestly maybe that's a moot point a lot's changed i mean obviously in 20 something years jen but uh more let's pretend you're starting today like literally knowing what you know you, you've got all this knowledge now years and years of doing what you've done Today's your first day on the job. Um, you're smart enough to know how to build a proper business plan for yourself. What would your action plan be today with who you are as an archetype or whatever to maybe even do better than what you've done, right? So what would your game plan, business plan be today? Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about this specifically in the context. There's dozens and dozens of new agents that would love to be in your shoes five to 10 years from now. Game plan. Well, I think for me, you guys have done such a great job of like giving every possible resource that I almost feel like, don't kill me for saying this, but if I were to start today, I don't know if I would be as successful as I am because there's almost too, (laughs) too much awesomeness. Like it's almost like you guys have created uh, like... So they should go somewhere else then. They should go to a crappier <laughs> brokerage. That's not I'm what not she saying, means. I'm, not, I'm saying that when I started, like we, we, I had resources, basic minimal resources, 
And I was just like, okay, I've got to, I got to make this work. How am I going to do this? Who am I going to talk to? I did Buffini and then I just did open houses. Today, you guys have so many things here where they can get support that I almost feel like it could be just a little bit of a crutch of like, you know, oh, I have to go to connect and okay, now we've got this meeting and oh, they made this awesome, like all the stuff that marketing's doing. I, I mean, I sent you a message or we talked in person and I was like, man, if people can't figure this out, like, I don't, I don't know where they're going to go because everything you've given us is, is just so phenomenal. So I, I get what you're saying. I appreciate the compliment slash insult, <laughs> but, but make it more, I think there's some practical stuff. So, okay. Given the practical the fact, thing is like, what I, would you people, do? people need to get out and do stuff. Like yeah. you've okay, got to be yes. talking to people. You've got to be Hand like your networking. Yes. So what you're saying is don't just show up here and constantly consume all the education. Stop consuming, get out and do something. Okay. I love that. Yes. That's a much better response. No, no, no. It's yeah. great. We got, there i'm sorry so that's a good one what else would your action plan be i'm thinking practically like would you plug in it sounds like you'd plug back into buffini which is not 100 days anymore it's now yeah i would do buffini i would do um i i would listen to the podcast i would be getting out and talking to people i would be networking i would still do open houses i did two open houses this year and i've gotten two five hundred dollar sales from spending two hours with Big people sales. what would Going, you focus on for lead generation open houses open what houses else? talking to people um, being on social media, networking, going and going like Brian, I remember this is actually a really pivotal thing too, because I was struggling at the beginning and Brian, Brian just said to me, he's like, you need to be you. He's like, you go to your yoga class. Like you stop trying to like be something different. Like go talk to people. He's like, if you want business, he said it to me. He was like, you need to talk to people. I got a phone call one time. Someone was like, Hey, I'm calling about your listing. I was like, Oh, it's so blah, blah, blah. And then I hung up and he's like, you have other houses to sell. Like, get back on the phone. Like, he didn't tell me to get back on the phone, but I was like, what do you mean? He's like, that's a prospect. Like, get back on the phone because he's more of a network or more of a prospector, prospector yeah. marketer than I am. And so I just think people today, like, consume the information but get out and There's do something. There's got to be some accountability. If it is to be, it's up to you. You got to You got to go sure. do it. For sure. And don't use, like, it's a crappy market and no one's buying houses and what am I going to do? And... Like I'm, I'm doubling down on, in August, I was like, we all need to be talking to at least 50 people, people we know, people we don't know, get talking. We've got to be talking to people to have a good, successful third and fourth quarter. Okay, good. That's a, that's a much better direction. So keep going <laughs> on that ladies. What, if, if you were starting today, what would your game plan be? What would you focus on? What are our systems tools or would you be really using or not using, et cetera? So I'm really so two things. I'm really jealous of the new agent today because you guys have a database system. I had an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still pushing them to use Excel spreadsheets instead. Well, and I know that you guys start out that way, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But like drip campaigns and things mm -hmm. that they have access yeah. to today. And I agree with Gina, and there is a lot of information out there, but I think you have to pick your poison. I mean, Dylan and I talked, I don't know, two years ago probably, and he was like, I was telling him, gosh, I probably need to do video and I just hate this. And he was like, why do you need to do video? You're successful doing what you're doing now. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's right. Um, so I still haven't gotten into doing videos. So but you um, can't do everything. No, no, you can't. And I think that's how you will fail is trying to do it all. I mean, I think you've kind of gone through, Megan, some of those moments where you were like, but I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I look at her and I'm going, but you're crazy because you're selling 15, 17, 25 million. I'm like, 
but that's how your brain is wired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say pick your poison and you can't do it all and know that. Um, but also you have to put, you have to be uncomfortable at times and put yourself yes. out there. But what would you do? What would I do different? Well, you wouldn't do video. Not what you, what would, I would no? time block because I still really suck at that. Not uh, different. I'm actually not asking what you do different because that's looking back. I'm saying you're brand new. You're on the job today. Today is Friday. What do you? What is your? What is next week going to be all about for you if you're getting started in the business? Um, well, I'm going to show. I'm going to. I'm not going to be different than I am now. I'm going to show up at the office and do the tasks that I need to do to make it rain. I'm going to figure it out. What make are those going to be for you? Um, well, it's work in your database. I am much better around the people that I know because that's my comfort level. Okay. Um, so I'm going to work those people and. You know, get to see them, go to lunches with them and things like that. So Coles knows Popeyes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. That's I do. butter for you? Yeah. And when you don't have a database, so if it's your day one, you don't have a database, it's how do I create that database? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I expand my circle? Like, keep the people, you know, get 100 people together of people you know, and then how how do I keep expanding that? If so you that needed to do that today because you were a new agent, how would you go about doing that? Um, I would go to yoga. I would go to the Home Builders Association happy hours. I would volunteer. Volunteer. I, I did not mention that, but I do volunteer significantly. I still do. I'm very much involved in my kids' schools. Um, and so a lot of people that I got business from when I was a stay-at-home mom, I volunteered all the time. And that's who I use. Like, that's where I started a lot of my database from. Um, but I would just find things like, man, you guys are so lucky today. Like, there's a Facebook and you can go on and you can see what's going on this weekend. And I would be like, what What can I go do to just be like, you know, in yoga, that's like, hi, I'm Gina. I you know, like this is who I am, like build relationships. Like you're not going to be successful by just filtering, like working the 30 people around you. Yeah. And you're solve not. the problem. Stop making excuses. Yeah. You guys sound like old school professionals that <laughs> had to hike uphill. We are ways. those old real estate. <laughs> and we used to have to hitchhike, didn't we? Right? I, I would also, <laughs> both ways. I would also be talking if you're a new agent, one thing I didn't do is I I should have gone to each of these ladies and said, hey, if you're ever busy, I would love the opportunity to help your people. Like, um, if you ever get a call, a listing, because I hate, I hate getting listing calls. I hate it. Like, if you don't, hey, Gina, you want to take a them? listing? Do you want to take them? <laughs> I will take your listing. Like, I would I would market myself better. I was to so the other agents. Yes, I was the, so intimidated by these yeah. ladies. Like, yes, it's it's an awesome office and I love I love the office. But I was just like, why would they ever want to use me? And now, like if I had an agent come up to me and say, Hey, if you ever have too much on your plate and you're looking for someone to show a house or I know you have you're a busy mom with twins, like I, I'd love to assist you. I, I yeah. really should have done that. I think I would have gotten a, a little bit more experience in business right offhand if I would have done that. This is why I keep blowing this uh, apprenticeship horn. Mm-hmm. Like there's no better way to learn from. And so a compliment, hey, I think what you're doing is amazing. I'd love to be you one day. Um, if I can ever shadow you, if I can ever come along and learn from what you're doing, or if you ever have anything that I can help with, mm-hmm. if you've got an extra lead, I, I think that's a great conversation to have. Um, that's good stuff. Keep going. Yeah. So what else? What, what did you have, Megan? Um, so what I wrote down, actually, when you asked that question, is really a culmination of what both of them said, is have the other thing that you do, whether it's yoga, music, 
going to events, doing the things, just put yourself in those communities and be yourself. And when someone asks, well, what do you do? You know, it's going to come up naturally in conversation. What do you do? Make, make the friend, Hey, if there's anything I can ever do for you, I met most of my, a lot of my clients have come from the gym that I used to go to. And there was this one woman and I always said, well, Hey, if you're ever looking around at things online and you want to bop in and see it, call me, I'll show you. Mm. And one day it was Memorial day. And I woke up and I said, I am not working today. And Dan- I got a text from Sometimes. said woman from I'll the gym. <laughs> Until yeah. Said woman from the gym said, hey, Megan, there's this house on Cedarwood and we want to see it. And I quickly looked it up and saw it was like 840000 I said, what time? And they bought it. Uh, so I do contradict myself by saying, <laughs> <laughs> carve time for yourself, but work, work always. <laughs> it's a terrible mind I, I live in um but also going back to the database you don't want to call your 30 people that you know like your mom your sisters whatever yeah but stop and think about it your mom and your sister and all those people have questions about real estate call them call your insurance agent who probably has 15 um real estate agents they work with to say like hey you know what I'm putting on my real estate hat today and I have a question about this I've got this listing I did this one time in Jewel Iowa I called them and I said, hey, I've got this listing on the corner. I'm really struggling with it. Oh, that's like, good. What do you think that I should be doing? Who do you know who should see this house? And I, this house sold in two, in two more weeks. Like, crazy. it was just trying a different approach. Well, and some of that and was... And we get so intimidated and we fear putting calling the real estate our friends and asking the, what we think that they already know or I don't want to be that person that gets too businessy or pushy or whatever. But it's like, take a step back and be like, Hey, I actually really need help with this. And what do you think I should do? One well, part of that is how you do it. If you stick your real estate head on and start making solicitative phone calls to people saying, if you thought about buying, if you thought about buying, if you mm-hmm. thought about buying, mm-hmm. which is what happens. I wouldn't name real estate companies, but like red companies, mm-hmm. that's what their training looks like. They're all in the room making that phone call. Mm-hmm. That's a bad real estate hat to put on. But, you know, an example of what you're talking about, I've, I've always encouraged new agents in the first several months, pick up the phone, call your top 10 people, ask if you can treat them to coffee, to ask them about their previous real estate experiences. Like, yeah. how did it go? What, yeah. what did the agent do right? What did they so do wrong? What could I learn? Think about it as not talking to them, but listening to them. It's good. Yeah. If you go in it where you have three questions and you all you want to do is listen and get them to talk, it's such a better experience because who doesn't like talking for you and for them. Right. And the affinity that that creates mm-hmm. to, towards mm-hmm. you for future reference. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else has ever asked them about their experience mm-hmm. and said, I mean, I really want to be better than that. And mm-hmm. so I, I love that. Put the real estate hat on though is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And think about your messaging. My coach told me that the messaging is so important. I don't even going back to what we talked about earlier. My best, best friend, if she asks me how I'm doing, like on a day, like if I'm having a bad day for business, I never say, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. Like every time I talk to someone and they say, how's the market? Or, and that, I mean, like I go to the tailgate before the boys football games. Do I love going to the tailgate? Nope. I'd rather be at home. And, uh, but do I go to the tailgate? And then people say, oh my gosh, the market, like, is it horrible right now? And I'm like, no, actually it's really great. I never, ever tell people that I'm busy. I never say I'm busy. I never say, 
oh my gosh, it's been crazy. I'm always like, actually, it's been really great. Like, have you, you know, like I don't ever like ask for the business or whatever. That's not my style. Um, but I think your messaging is so important and it's the only person who hears how I really feel is usually these people, Mm -hmm. you guys in the room or my husband. Like I don't. And oh boy, do we get to hear it. Oh boy! <laughs> no, but it's good though. You need don't to have call a place me on a to bad vent, day right? if you don't want to hear about it. <laughs> but the third thing I wrote down was get uncomfortable. So it's you yes. going to the tailgate. It's you know you doing the things that make you uncomfortable, mm. and just show up. And you know you're going to be a little bit awkward, but it's not who meant cares? to be easy. It's no. really not. I mean, I I think the hard part is when I met Megan, Jen, Abby. Uh, I did get to see that it wasn't always easy for them because I was in the office observing things. But if you look at them from the outside, you're like, man, they look super, they've done all of these things and it looks so like they make it look easy. None of this is easy. Like it's, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's weird. Like sometimes you have to go to a chamber event. Like I've been trying to dig into, you know, going to the home builders association and it's not my cup. Of t- it's, it's not naturally a place that I feel comfortable in. And I've had, um, I went to like the Christmas thing cause someone invited me and saw a client who was going to list for sale by owner and then ended up listing with me. Like it's so, it's so, and when stuff like that happens, you're like, this is so dumb. Like it's so, it's so much easier. We make it out to be so hard, but we don't want to get out of our, our comfort zone. We don't want to do the things that are difficult. And if you want to grow and continue to grow your business, you can't, it's, it, you've got to have some, uh, uncomfortableness right mm-hmm. it's interesting you guys are all networkers and i'm just processing how much your answers filter through that paradigm but get uncomfortable works for prospectors it works for marketers mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. there's hard work to be done it's the grass is pretty green on the other side mm-hmm. but it's hard work to get there and no matter what it's going to take being uncomfortable and putting on your real estate hat mm-hmm. to get there but I remember two times where I felt like I was struggling and business was slow and I didn't know what to do. And I just made a commitment. I said, I'm going to do an open house every Sunday for the next 12 weeks. And I did. And, you know, things turned around. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was I'm going to go to a networking event of some kind. And that was very uncomfortable, but I did it. Met people. Made You're connections. a networker, but it was uncomfortable still. Oh, totally. Well, because it doesn't feel like when I go to that stuff, it feels a little like stuffy forced and clubby club. Yeah. Now, if I were going with Jen and we showed up, it'd be better. But would I have talked to the people that I did? Because I was forced. That's the crutch thing. Uh This whole like leaning on each other and teaming up. You and Brandy worked out. But 90% of the time when I see people team up, it's just actually getting in each other's way. Yeah. And that's what you guys were saying earlier. At some point, you got to suck it up. You got to show up to work and you got to realize that there's a wonderful opportunity. But you're going to have to get uncomfortable to get there. And creating a buddy system that makes you feel safer probably is just going to get in the way sometimes yeah. of the hard work to be done. Yep. Um, okay. I, I, man, you guys are something else. I, I do need to wrap this up because we really could talk for all day. I, I, I do want to ask if you, in your mind, do you have, so call this the last question. It's double barreled. Um, 80% of new agents fail. Right? It's like 80 plus percent. Is that still true? In the first three years, yeah. In terms of this is the renewal cycle. Uh, 80? Yeah. It's 70 something in the first year. And then I think it's north of, you got to remember in our company, we're very particular about who's coming in. We're vetting them very carefully. And even then we, probably only half of our agents really actually, a little more than half, kill it and make it. So out in the real world where 
again, other companies are saying, get your license, get your license, get your license. Um, yeah, it's a very high failure rate. What differentiates the 80% from the 20% in your mind? What's the key to success? And then add to that, what advice would you offer any of our new agents? And these are kind of closing thoughts. I would like to see a correlation um, between uh, agents who show up new in the first year in the office and who don't. So you're suggesting that the answer might be showing up, mm -hmm. being in the office. Mm -hmm. So plugging by, in. By default, 50% of them are disqualified from that because they have full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. And then another 50% um, yeah. are disqualified because they... They, they want to be virtual or they want to just dabble in real Work estate. Work from home. I get it. But I think that real estate is relational and there is so much life experience to be gained from yeah. agents and clients the same. And your relationship with agents is really just as important as your relationship with clients. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll take that as a advice for new agents today. Show up, be in the offices. And, and maybe... As a subnote to that, then you got to find an office where it's worth showing up to. So you got to provide some desks. Just kidding. Uh, I need desks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we can expand downstairs. I'm again. just kidding. No, we actually have some open well, desks right I now. I, I was kidding. But I think where you go as an office matters immensely. Then, because you've got to find a culture that you can plug in and learn from. Mm -hmm. How about you guys? What 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 differentiates the eighty from the twenty? Um, I would say don't have the attitude of what's in it for me. When Gina said earlier, you know, go to that agent that's the top producer in your office and say, can I ever help you? Which I've had agents come to me and ask, and guess what? They're the first ones I call when I need help with showing a house. But they don't ever say to me, I'll do it, but what are you going to pay me? Like to me, and Dylan laughs because this is I say this all the time. I always wanted to learn from someone. So that was my, pay like, that's my payment, like, mm -hmm. like, or what I earned by learning. Um, so, and that was invaluable. Um, so I would say that. And then the showing up too. I mean, I've always been a proponent of you've got to be there um, just to be a sponge to soak it all in because you don't know everything. And that's, I mean, I still learn stuff today. So don't be afraid to say, Hey, I don't know what that is. I don't know the answer. I'll, I'll research it and get back to you. I just have to caveat that because the, the know, know what's in it for me thing isn't just you're relating that specifically to the office environment and whether or not you're trying to leech off of other agents and you're saying be a student, like show up and actually want to learn. I think that same mindset or heart or frame of reference is what makes you successful in the marketplace too because you're not just looking to meet with a client to, to, to make a buck or a sale. Right. You're truly figuring out, hold on, what is the problem in the marketplace? What is not working? What could I bring of value to buyers and sellers? And how can I make their experience worthwhile? So I earn my 3%. That mindset, I think those two things are interconnected. And it's, I don't know, what would you call it? It's a little bit of humility, but also the heart. Well, it's a servant heart in a way, right? Yeah. And that will help you gain trust from your clients too. I mean, I don't know how because many you deserve times, trust if you're that person. Yeah, and I don't know how many times I've told a client like, "This isn't the right house for you." Like, no, there's a no. better option. Let's go. Let's keep looking. More work for you, but better uh, for yeah. them. Yep. Um, I, I like it. Uh, how about you? I would say the same things. Show up. Be uncomfortable. Find a system that works for you and follow it to a T. Mm. Don't make excuses. Like, I don't want to. I don't know 10 people to invite to my mixer. Like, 
mixer. <laughs> they probably don't call it a mixer what was it today, with Buffi- do they? Buffini called it something. Angela the did a great job mixer. at it. The business mixer. Yeah. I don't know 10 people to invite to the mixer. Well, then invite five people to your house. Like, like do it. Like, mm-hmm. do the work. And then... Um, Gosh, I had one more and now I forgot. Well, that was three in one. You said find a system, follow it, no excuses. I mean, it's all related. Um, yeah, put it, yeah, put in the work, understand that it's going to be hard. Um, and know you'll fail, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to fail. You you have to know you're going to fail at some point. How many of us sitting here, I was thinking of this earlier, do you love having your client parties? I mean, at the end of the day, are you like, I don't, I don't get, I'm not energized by it. Right. But it's a non-negotiable. You have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like your wedding anniversary or wedding reception all yeah. over again. You have to talk to all these people, <laughs> and you love them all dearly. But it's exhausting. It's like, exhausting. It's exhausting. But I love it. But every single time, <laughs> something comes out of it, right? Always. And like the next day, I'll be like, I'll write down all these notes, and Chandra's like, "How the hell do you remember that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It was just the mm-hmm. conversations I had with them." But the whole time, I'm feeling guilty because she walked in the door and I haven't said hi to her yet. I mean, it's just that. But anyway, it I, sounds like doing what you guys do is still hard work. Yeah. You still got to show up. But it's I still less hard work it. when you make it around Run. what you want. Like, I think too many people look at what we do and think, oh, we need to do that. And no, go no. find your thing. So if you're into yoga, go host a yoga on the lawn somewhere. Or if you're into horses, or goats or whatever, go do that. <laughs> or if you're into beer, go do, be- do a, a beer, beer tasting. Yes. Like, or a whiskey and don't tasting. Whatever don't copy what don't other copy. agents do. And if you do you copy, don't own. ask for your marketing around it. Uh, okay, this got, this got uh, anecdotal, huh? No. Okay, well, that we went a lot of different ways there, and there's a ton packed into that. So I... I hope that people listening to this, they'll, everyone will be able to find a few gems in there, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. For sure. Oh, no, I'm, I'm quite sure. So um, I guess thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thanks it, for having us. This was yeah. a lot of fun. Well, what did we say? Uh, I think you told me that I could be one of the ladies. Oh, for, yeah. Well, you said you want to be one of us. Well, someone said that I was also cool. You were describing how awesome you three were, and then you said, and Dylan. <laughs> and, and I, I think said, actually it was like we're gonna drink mimosas and so is Dylan and isn't so that is what Dylan. it was yes I wanted to include you this is a final thought also when you're a new agent you've got to make sure that you have the people you can call when you have questions mm-hmm. and that is one thing that I've always loved about Century 21 is that I have never had to go on Facebook Central Iowa and ask a question hmm. That is clearly please don't do that shows that you have no support. And so I've always been able to call you and been able to call Jen and ask Megan any question. And um, I think that to me was what was super important for me to be successful is that I felt like like you guys had my back and like you and I have talked like um, I get a tap out like, you know, if there's don't something tell people about that. <laughs> So uh, now I've got to explain okay, what a tap out is. Well, once a year, Gina gets, uh, she has a card that she's asked me to metaphorically create that she gets to pull out of her pocket and say, hey, on this one, I cannot get this across the finish line. Help me. Yeah. And uh, it's never, it's actually never happened. I don't think I've ever had it, to really tap out. It's just like I'm sinking. Help me. Yeah. 
Yeah. So for me, that makes me feel like to know that I, I have it, even though I'm never going to need it, was something that I needed to be able to feel like I could do this job. Um, because in insurance, everything's black and white. It either is or it isn't. And real estate is not that. It's very, very gray. And I was willing to give you that card because I knew that you had found that therapist now that is <laughs> keeping your head straight. And now it's not your responsibility. <laughs> oh, my god! It's, it's been a journey with you guys for sure. Oh, right? my God. I will say that the support here has been... I mean, you, you asked me yesterday, what can I do for you? I go, you know what? I have everything I need. I... What do I have to complain about? And he said, oh, here you go. I go, no, nothing. Like, literally nothing. If I need something, I will ask you. I will ask you. I will come to you. I know that I have the support. I know that you will pick up the phone. I appreciate all of your perspectives on things because they're all very different. And then you can form. And then we know. can always make it better. Exactly. But that's all we're all trying to do. And I think that's so much of its mindset. I really believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, been thinking about that a lot because we've been trying to figure out the formula of success and what this company's even about. And they're just looking at the world and writing these silly winning thoughts podcasts. I, I just really believe 90% of success in life comes down to how you view every problem, every mountain, every opportunity. Mindset is so key. And I think that's what we've done right is I'm looking at you guys. You've all come at this with can-do mindsets. You're all very different but different drivers as well. But you all were like, you know, there's a, there's a way to make the world and my life better. And then you put in the hard work to get there. And I think the rewards are pretty cool. So you guys, uh, you guys win for the day. It's Friday afternoon. So we get to go. Uh, uh, it's closed with this. What's next? What's Friday all about? Lunch with my cousin. Doing Show. you, right? <laughs> Buy more mimosas. More Show, mimosas. Showing houses, having client appointments and Friday night lights. What's that? Oh, Dylan! Friday night's the best night in the fall for football. football. My boy, my one of my boys is playing. Oh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I know what that is. I saw the movie. Yeah, I'm becoming American. It's a good show too. You should watch it on Netflix. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, I have a closing, a listing closing at two. I'm doing Pilates at one, and probably going home early. Uh, hashtag Realtor Life. Mm, that's right. Uh, keep going, guys. You're killing it. Thanks for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com. 